A diamond has long been a symbol of commitment, love, and trust. Isn't it time the diamond industry showed us the same values behind the scenes? Clean Origin is leading the engagement ring industry toward a brighter future, designing elegant lab-grown diamond fine jewelry that never compromises our values. A brand that doesn't just talk the talk, but one that was founded to make a difference, to offer a more environmentally friendly, conflict-free, and price-accessible choice without any compromises on quality. Lab diamonds are grown in a lab using cutting-edge technology that replicates the process of natural diamonds. A lab-grown diamond is chemically, physically, and visually identical to a mined diamond without the adverse effects of traditional diamond mining. And for a price of up to 10 times less, we don't know why you'd choose anything else. You know, I'm a Sag. I'm always going to say bigger is better. And with these prices, three carats is the new one carat, baby. Go big. Honestly, five carats is the new three carats if you really want to go there. You all know that we know a thing or two about engagement rings. And these clean origin rings are simply stunning, classic designs, and for a fraction of the price. From the color of your metal to the center stone and setting, you'll be able to customize every aspect of this very important lifetime piece of jewelry. Whether you're looking for an engagement ring or tennis bracelet or diamond stud earrings, Clean Origin has beautiful diamond jewelry that you'll be wearing forever. You can use code What's Your Sign for $100 off all orders over $1,000. That's $100 off all orders over $1,000. Go to cleanorigin.com and use our code What's Your Sign at checkout for $100 off of your order of $1,000 or more. Use our promo code What's Your Sign, all spelled out. Check out Clean Origin today. Welcome to What's Your Sign? I'm Julia Loken. I'm Stevie Anderson. I'm Lisa Chenu. And today we are joined by a very special guest. We're so excited to have her. She you might know her from uh, leading a fantastic guided meditation on our Instagram live. Uh, I was going to say when the date was, but also what the fuck is time right now? I don't know. It feels like a thousand years ago. Uh, but she is a tarot reader, a light worker, a mystic. We are so excited to have her. Please give it up for our very special guest, Aaliyah Walston. Woo! You asked me to give it up, Julia. I know. <laughs> Where are you joining us from? I know you're you are a traveler, so I am a traveler. I am currently in Joshua Tree at the moment. Oh. Ooh, okay. How's the core core vibes in in the Joshua Tree San Bernardino area? Um, it's actually it's pretty it's pretty chill. It's not too wild. Like I I basically like keep to myself. But when I do have to go into town, like it's not it's not crazy mm-hmm. or anything. 
Cool. Where do you park out? Like, I mean, not like the exact, like, you know, uh, like location. What are your forever. coordinates? <laughs> <laughs> but are you in Sending like my location now? Uh, are you in like nature zones or like unmarked land or a mixture of like population <laughs> versus like isolation? I am in nature. I'm on what's called BLM land, which right. is basically just like free, like wild camping land with like no amenities or anything. So it's just out in nature. It's not a national park, not a state park. I'm far enough away from the city where I feel like I can, you know, definitely in plenty of nature, very, very chill. Um, and yeah, it's like there's not a lot of people around. So it's pretty cool. That's awesome. How did you choose Joshua Tree? Um, I've been in LA since mid-December. And once things started to heat up a bit with COVID, the thought of like just only crashing on couches, like crashing on somebody's couch for an indefinite amount of time or staying in the van in the city on the street, I was like, that would not be good for my mental health, let alone my physical health. And so I decided to go out to Joshua Tree to nature. So it was just like a couple hours away. So it made the most yeah. sense for what I needed, you know? Yeah. I mean, it's a classic LA getaway spot. So <laughs> it makes perfect sense that you're like, I gotta, gotta get the fuck out. I, yeah, yeah, I can't absolutely. imagine the, I mean, already LA is a, like, not necessarily best place to be for, <laughs> for a time like this when it's, when it's stressful, especially if you're not, uh, in in your own home and space so that that Mm. totally totally makes sense well it's also like where the apocalypse is set like always so (laughs) many movies (laughs) i've seen i feel like i've seen so much imagery of like what it could look like of like lava flowing and i just watched outbreak too i don't know if anyone's seen oh i I, for some reason that I saw Outbreak in like the heyday of movies on TV and I like loved it for some reason. I don't know why. I must have been in such a weird headspace when I saw it. This is like junior high me that just like saw Outbreak and was like, fuck yeah, I got it. I like watch it every time it's on TV. <laughs> I could see that being the, the TV. It felt familiar, but I definitely had never seen it. And um, I mean... Watching a virus spread in a movie and it's like Patrick Dempsey getting like sprayed in the face with like like a monkey's saliva is like I don't know it's like there is like it's I mean it is how it happens and you watch like a movie theater cough and spread and you're just like damn but like I guess like watching like it was very like pimple porn ish whereas a lot of like pussy yeah. holes and. I guess we don't really have like the. It's not like this flesh eating diseases. No, because uh, that's a much more dramatic uh, yeah. disease spread and all that. Have you? Have you? Any of you guys watched Contagion? No, I'm reading the stand. No. I feel like I'm doing my part on yes. watching all. <laughs> yes, that's a good one. Though I feel like, like that's a virus stuff is not really like for me at this moment. <laughs> yeah, for me. I normally would say like definitely don't watch a thing that's gonna like heighten anxiety. But we had to watch. I watched Contagion with Steve because he was watching it for his movie podcast, um, and I was actually really. Um, amazed at how accurate it all was Mm. in terms of like the cdc response how the how like the the communities and the world responds in it and i know that the guy who wrote it they like went to the cdc and did a ton of research and everything but it's it's like creepy how accurate the stand is is. like that 
Yeah, but it's also, um, I think, it's interesting talking about anxiety with it because I go in waves where I feel comforted by it because I'm like, oh, this is like a thing in nature that happens. People have written books about it. We've had conjecture about this. This is like a communal experience. And then to like, oh God, how many places have I been? Like it's sometimes when I pick it up, it's a comfort and sometimes it like afflicts me. So I I find it interesting. I haven't read it in three days. So the last time I read it, it was probably like making me very anxious. What's the book? Yeah. The Stand. The Stand. Okay, I haven't heard of that one yet. It's a Stephen King book. It's like oh, an older. Okay. Yeah, it's about like a a deadly and it's a cop, you know. So it's like oh, okay, pretty cla- similar. Yeah. Classic. Yeah, the CDC yeah. and outbreak was like kind of like a sports room, like, and they were like hooting and hollering and like high fiving <laughs> and stuff. So it's I don't think it was as uh. Uh, serious. No, it's very. <laughs> I feel like Outbreak is way more campy than yes, Contagion. Campy. Contagion is a Soderbergh movie. It's very uh, say, like say no gritty and uh, I don't know. Yeah, but I had to. I mean, had to get it. Had to get it out there. Um, also, well, but I feel like that's the thing of of so many things. It's like the same reason why people like serial killer stuff or mm-hmm. whatever. I think that there is on the one hand a lot of comfort in kind of like leaning into things that are right. are kind of uh, spooky and that. And then sometimes it's like, oh, I need a break from. If you go too far either way, uh, it can be anxiety producing. Yeah, agreed. Uh, I'm like either watching I feel like that kind of shit or like rom-coms like I feel like there's no there's no middle are you oh yeah are you taking in like much media being more like remote I feel like I don't know like is that I mean I know you have like internet connection and things but is it different when I guess you're not have like that feeling of people you know what I mean like since like I'm still I feel like I'm still in a city and I feel like I can still feel the buzz of humans do you know what I mean I do know what you mean. Um, I well, one, I'm not out here alone. I have two other friends that are out here with me, um, um, and we're, we've been like quarantining together. So it's not like I'm totally like on my own. Um, but also, like just like the the work that I do, the way that I'm built in this lifetime, like <laughs> my connection to spirit and like other people is like really it's intense. So I kind of feel like I can always feel people around mm. me, um, but. To answer your question about consuming me- media, I my, I have, like, an unlimited plan on Verizon, so, like, I can <laughs> definitely, like, binge watch shit, like, all, I was watching, like, Castlevania last night, like, Better Call Saul, I was, like, catching up on my stories this week, um, <laughs> but I try, <laughs> I try not to, like, totally just only watch TV, obviously, when I'm out here, like, take a walk, like, do stuff, um, yeah. but, it, like, living, <clears throat> doing this, like, nomadic lifestyle is full to have media youtube stuff like that in order to like feel like i'm around people Mm. um but i've needed that less over the last few days thankfully that's as far as oh go ahead i know i just think that was interesting (laughs) (laughs) as far as like the nomadic lifestyle goes what are things that you really feel um you miss having a connection with and what are things like obviously you're probably not like paying a gas bill or whatever but like what are things that you miss and things that you really, really appreciate not having to do? Hmm. That's a good question. I like that. Um, I miss, I don't have like hot water in my van. I do have running water, um, but it's just, it's 
subject to the elements. And so sometimes it's like just fucking cold, you know? <laughs> so I do miss like hot water. Um, what I love is it's like, it's my own little, like on the outside, my band is just like this, it's just a, a band, um, white, like very, in, very discreet, very nondescript. And then I like open up the door and it's like this, it's like the TARDIS or something, you know? It's like another yeah. world that I just like enter into and it feels like totally my own. So, and it's like, it's cute. So I, I really love, I really love being here. <laughs> yeah. Super cute from what we can see. Yeah. yeah. I, how long, cute. <laughs> how, Thank how you. long would you say you've been like living a, it sounds so funny, like living a nomadic lifestyle? <laughs> um, It kind of, it's. I, or is that something I, you've I always done? traveling. No, 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 not at all. I started traveling um, at the end of July last year. Um, I have historically been someone who's just like safety security, routine, doing the same shit every day, all the time, you know, um, I had, like, stable salary jobs for, like, 10 years, you know, um, so this choice is, like, a big leap for me, um, and so I spend part of the time, like, you know, traveling, and then I stay with friends a lot, too, it's not, I, that's why I prefer to say that I live nomadically, because it's not just, like, me being in the band, I, I have so much support and community, you know, like, I, it's not, I'm not, I'm not alone even. I'm never lonely, that's for sure. Um, but I'm never alone either. Um, so, yeah, it's it's a real change of pace from how I lived before. But it's, like, totally, perfectly me because I love being autonomous and I hate people telling me what to do and, like, having, like, rules and structure. Oh, I couldn't so tell that from your chart. Well I couldn't tell that from your <laughs> chart at all, Aaliyah. Really? <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Are you being sarcastic? I'm being sarcastic. I'm sorry. Oh, okay. it's, <laughs> it's, it's, no, I mean, well, it's interesting because I think those have to, like, that kind of rooted hominess versus, like, not being told what to do, like, can probably be a little bit, I don't know. I wonder how those like work together in terms of like feelings or like astrological things. What did your launch or like the creation of the idea of going into motion? Do you think that aligned with anything for you astrologically looking at that timeline? Because I know for me, like my Jupiter return was when I started planting the seeds of moving to LA and like it kind of just timed out again, then then going into like a Saturn return. But I'm sure there's like other things too, but have has have you noticed any like trend or looking back on that kind of launching off point? Yeah, um, I think so. It was like two years, three years ago when I decided to do this, um, and I think Saturn had recently left Sagittarius, um, which I have three planets in, and for I do whole sign houses. Is that my twelfth, my twelfth house? Mm -hmm. And so Saturn moved into my first house, which is fine, but it left like the area that is about like adventure and journeying and like being your own bitch or whatever, you know? <laughs> so I felt like liberated after my side return. Um, I recently turned 30 and um, when I decided to do this too. Um, and so, yeah, there were like a few different transits. And I think also that year was the year of the big solar eclipse that was visible in America. Um, and I don't have any like major planets in my, in Leo, I do have like Lilith and um, other. Wait, hold on. Let's see, this is why I pulled up three of my charts in preparation. <laughs> uh, wait, I have, like, Lilith, my part, my so you had your version. you had your whole you have a whole you go by whole sign, but you have Placidus mm -hmm. on deck. What was the other one you have? Oh, so I have one that's just like the basic planets. One was in whole sign houses. 
and the other in Placidus, and then the other one is like all my asteroids and shit too. So it's like a very comprehensive <laughs> one. Yeah, you have all the info. I when you said you had three charts, I was like, I love this Scorpio, Capricorn, <laughs> Taurus. It's like, of course, like I'm like, I here's all the information. I will. Um, no, I just that was that made me. Also, Leah wanted to give you a shout out after your lead meditation. Pablo has now become a meditator. He's on day like seven, eight since following since. Aww, so yay. just wanted to um, shout it out. I just remembered because he was just taking um, our cat out of this room because she was just, I don't know if you could hear her screaming. Um, <laughs> but I just remembered, yeah, you've made a positive uh, impact in our house. So just wanted to shout that before I forgot. Um, Amazing. That's interesting that you um, use whole sign houses because I was just looking at your chart and it kind of makes sense to me that you would feel both like secure but also kind of at home wherever you are looking at your chart right now with the placidus um because you have that taurus moon in your fourth uh but i guess it would also fit either way too i mean i think that's what's interesting about house systems we just did an episode on it and then it kind of it's it uh, to me they like kind of work no matter what you just get to kind of choose which the like what the the seasoning is or whatever so it's like oh in this one your moon is in the fourth house but in whole sign houses it's still you still have a Taurus moon so I guess it would still play like I don't know it's interesting right. to see how they, they how they differ but also kind of don't yeah and my my Taurus moon is in my fifth house in whole sign houses and my north node and Jupiter I'm are in my fourth house in Aries yeah, and so I, I feel like it that makes Jupiter, sense too. Yeah. yeah, that Jupiter Aries, and it's also retrograde. I have a Jupiter retrograde too, which is so much about kind of like your own yourself being the authority, especially in Aries, um, and finding kind of home within yourself. Uh, so that exactly. also totally fits for that nomadic journey, and uh, yeah. I know a few people who also have intercepted houses that prefer whole sign houses, um, just because it it makes things a little bit more evened out and I think that works. So if people listening have intercepted houses, that might be something you want to look into. Yeah. Yeah. I think yeah, it, I definitely have intercepted houses. Too. It doesn't. Yeah. I think it's good to bring that up to of like everyone's journey. Cause we, in my astrology program, I'm in, we're doing whole sign and there's some things that like, I feel like, Ooh, I feel like there's some things that like really <laughs> click in like, I don't like just, I like both of them. Like I like looking at both of them and I feel like I get a lot of helpful info in them. Like there's some things that I really love when I look at my Placidus house and I'm, and I'm like, yes, all these, the stellium in this house. And then when that's gone and whole sign, but I have Mars in my first instead of 12th, I'm like, whoa, like this is something interesting. It just gives you just new food for thought. And not that astrology can ever really like run out of info ever. Um, Aaliyah, how did you like arrive into your mystical self like was are were you like a woo-woo child or did you <laughs> was this a late a late bloom woo-woo or like or did you have like any like how, what what brought you down this path or how did you arrive into where you are now yeah I was always like a very sensitive child a very like emotional child I had like and you know I, I'm still that that child for sure <laughs> very like very much like lovey-dovey and very much wanting to give nurturing and receive nurturing. Um, and so I always like lived in the realm of like feeling and imagination and daydreaming. Um, my dad was an amateur astrologer. And Ooh. so he had like Ooh. lots of, and like he had lots of like occult books and stuff around the house. 
And so I was like very aware of at least my Scorpio-ness. I didn't know about natal charts until later in life. Um, even that, yeah. My dad, like he didn't do it with mine for whatever reason, I guess. Cause I came, I'm eight, my, I have an older brother and he's eight years older than me, but my dad mm-hmm. like hand drew the charts of, um, him, my dad and my brother, and, but he didn't do mine. So like, he Whoa. like knows like astrology well. And I think like just the proximity to that, like helped me a lot, um, as a kid. And so, like I said, I like, I remember this thing that we had this book that described like the Scorpio child. Um, it was like all the, all the, um, zodiac signs, but there's a section on the Scorpio child. And I would like read that over and over and over again, because it was so nice to feel like seen, you know, cause I always felt like misunderstood as a kid or whatever. <laughs> um, and so I like, I like held on to like that kind of attachment to mystery all my life, but I didn't get like serious into mysticism until, um, my mid twenties, I would say. Um, after like, I've experienced some like pretty intense, like emotional, uh, challenge and mental health challenges in my life. And so I, I've like, I've really gone there. I've gone to some like dark fucking places in my life and I have been able to get like, will my way out of them, like heal my way out of them and change my perspective. And from that, I like kind of got introduced to like tarot and getting deeper into astrology and learning like what my specific like intuitive gifts were and seeing like my sensitivity is not as like this plague on my, on my lifetime, but like as like a gift that I can use for other people too. So that's so cool. And it is so articulated in your chart with that. I mean, every so much, I was looking at your website and so much of, of the verbiage that you use is about uh, those like Plutonian themes of transmuting pain into strength, into knowledge, into insight, and you have that Pluto conjunct your sun, and it's all pretty close to your midheaven too. So I mean, talk about being on the right track and 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 tapping into. I think the, the way that you just described it is such a beautiful, powerful way of looking at it, which is so. I I have Pluto fairly strong in my chart, and it's kind of spooky and and that, but you also it is that kind of even just like your choice of words of like I willed myself to do that is such a Scorpio Pluto kind of well uh, I think too like, the yeah. the Taurus moon um near the icy too it's that mm-hmm. same it's not exactly conjunct it looks like but it's still like that uh childhood emotional connection with a with a book that really understood you and and the Taurus kind of will as well so I like that too yeah, absolutely. Speaking of uh, like strong, strong-willed and determination and and all of those things, I'm looking at your ha- I'm looking at your chart now, whole sign, and it is like drastically different yeah, in terms of like just looking at the the layout of it because I was like I don't want to keep doing this in my head. Um, <laughs> but but again, it's like so it's such an interesting like uh looking at them side by side is super interesting because in your placidus chart i was looking at all of this like ninth house action that you have because you do have a fair amount you have your saturn uranus and venus all in sagittarius but then in your placidus chart your sun and uh sun mercury mars pluto are all ninth house which again is like this traveling nomadic uh kind of thing but then when you go whole sign it's 12th so it's all it's still like yeah, I don't. 
I'm tripping. I'm tripping a little bit. Yeah, I didn't. I have a friend who did a reading with me. Their name is Kelsey Tortorici, um, amazing astrologer, very dedicated. And they decided to just like look at my placidus. They use whole sign houses too, but they just decided to look it up just to see it. And that was the first time I ever realized they told me like, um, it's unusual for them to be so different. I thought that the, everyone's just like, different, but I didn't, I didn't know. Um, but yeah, but I think it's cool. Like the ninth and the 12th house too. Like, I think the 12th house is a lot about adventure and journeying too. It's just like a subconscious one, like a spiritual one. So it's still about like journeying, just not necessarily traveling outwardly the inward and outward travels well yeah i mean and you speaking of all of this mystic uh light work and everything too is is totally ninth and twelfth to me because that's yeah it is a spiritual travel uh a realm different realm traveling and that idea of kind of uh, someone posted online somewhere where it was like the 12th house and ninth house are very similar but ninth house kind of gets 12th house gets they they get credit for different things that maybe are more that they have more crossover than than we think of um but i think of the ninth house stuff as more of an idea of like controlling it to like having mm-hmm. ha- because it's like oh i having more um agency in it as opposed to the 12th which is more because it's also like unknown uh you know unknown enemies unseen things all of those kinds of things where it is kind of more of that pisces like hey we're not we're not in the driver's seat as opposed to that sagittarius like oh i i'm doing this kind of kind of energy i think too when we um we talk about like, you know, uh, intellectual journey and meditation and some of these things that are intangible that we dreaming things that we consider more 12th house things that we only have the ability to understand those because we know what the earth version is. So it's like, you know what a dream is because you know what life is, you know, what like mental travel means because you know what physical travel means and like how the zodiac wheel like builds on itself in that way so of course in order to like uh travel realm or or making a lot of like signs at my head but like (laughs) to travel spiritually of course you have to know what that's like as a human being so i think i think they are similar and and they do build on each other i like that idea of like ninth and twelfth that like learning journey but i think um 12th is like can represent a lot more of like just making it's like um it's like not searching searching but like letting things just arrive like I or I like that's how like I've been interpreting a lot more with looking at some of my 12th house stuff that I'm and every fucking tarot person uh, I've talked to has been like make room for spirit and soul like you're like it you don't have to overcomplicate it which is like I think some of my like Gemini traits that like can complement complicate things where I like that just hearing like what everyone's contributing of like ninth I think which there's merit in both of like seeking the knowledge seeking the text seeking the people that know what they know about it and then 12th just being like whatever comes and I'm making the space for Mm -hmm. it to come um let's come I (laughs) either way just come (laughs) (laughs) yeah there's like a lot of surrender in the 12th house yes um Neptune rules the tarot card, the hangman too. And the hangman is all about surrender as well. So that's like, I I love 
first of all, I just love making the connection between tarot and astrology because it's like infinite, infinite returns on that. Um, and yeah, like there's like as someone who's very um, who loves control, it's also nice to be able to have um, like a 12th house. It's like it's OK, but you don't you don't need to <laughs> like you don't gotta it's you can let go a little bit. This And like there's a return on it, too. There's a return on that surrender. Like you see the results um, when you choose to have like a trusting relationship with spirit. Damn. Well, I think that's like so much of the Scorpio kind of journey is knowing when to let off because it is so much about power and control and and depth and will and all of those things. So being able to like trust that obviously you can do whatever it is that you want to do, but to allow for even in like a smaller sense of delegation of letting people, letting people in, letting uh, like uh, have, having a best case scenario attitude kind of thing, I think is so much uh, uh, like the, the lifetime lesson in Scorpio. Yeah. And also I was reading about like my cap rising today too. And just like, I'm just like this lifetime for me is like learning how to lighten the fuck up, like how to have the depths <laughs> while also just like laughing and like not just immediately seeing the problem in a thing, but seeing like the opportunity too, you know. Like, I think that's so really. On it. <laughs> I think it's really funny because I was just looking because your birthday is the day before one of my really close friends, and I was looking to see if, um, but he was born at night. And so I think he has the opposite problem. I hope he's not listening, but he needs to learn how to take <laughs> things seriously. And like, I think that 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 tracks, you know. Is he is he Leo rising? Um, I think he's Cancer. Oh, okay. Yeah. Mm. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Of course, I'm looking at. Yeah. <laughs> I love Going this idea of a Scorpio between. child in particular kind of book, like of just like. I don't know, like examining children or having that, like what to expect or all that things. And then finding it yourself, you know, like when you find like, I don't know, like some, like an interaction between your parents are like, they're talking about me or like <laughs> they're thinking about me or they're examining me. Like it's, I think it's just like a funny, I don't, that like, I just have like a strong image of like a baby Aaliyah just being like, what? <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, I guess like in childhood and teenagehood, like as we're all like reading our horoscopes and doing that, like was Scorpio, did you feel home in the Scorpio sun sign assignment or how was, how was being like a Scorpio baby? I a hundred percent identified with being a Scorpio. <laughs> um, <laughs> like it, I was always very intense but at the same time like very sweet like I had a very I have a very I like I cover it up pretty well now but I ultimately have like a pretty delicate kind of like way of moving through the world um and that's what I was like as as a kid as a small child just very didn't want to rock the boat didn't want to get in trouble but also just like so committed to like learning about people and like and I was so aware of how I could like feel other people's stuff. I didn't, I didn't know to the extent like how deep it really went, but I, I always knew um, how other people were feeling. I was always worried about like taking care of other people. And I always like, I never was interested in like surface level expressions of love either. It always like had Ooh. to be like deep and meaningful. Um, and so like, as I got older in high school, it became like more intense and more, leaning towards the plutonian like moodiness and like 
irritability and I was like hella goth when I was in, in high school I got like spikes and fishnets and all that shit you know like <laughs> oh wow so it became it turned into like a whole like I am the darkness kind of thing a little bit <laughs> while still like hiding this like sensitive like little person that just wants to be like smooched and hugged you know what I mean there's nothing better when a goth is Scorpio or like or vice versa Scorpio is goth. like I feel like it is just like all those like very blanket stereotypes are just like I am I am I do you know I am a vampire and <laughs> like I do all these, yeah. I do all these things uh. <laughs> yeah it's pretty on the nose yeah <laughs> Speaking about um, wanting connections to be deeper and more meaningful than possibly other children or, or youth, what does that look like as far as like celebrity crushes or like, <laughs> did you think you had like a very deep connection with someone on TV or in magazines or, or were you not interested at all or? No, I was very into TV and movies as a kid and I had yeah very intense infatuations with people especially if they were also Scorpios um okay Leo Leonardo DiCaprio he's a Scorpio <laughs> yes um, oh, so I, I had was, a like, wall of DiCaprio <laughs> yeah like it's how could you not and you look so boyish too at the time you know in the 90s <laughs> oh. like it was very it was great um he, so yeah Leo we just wa- we watched some of uh, Romeo and Juliet oh, the other day that's and I, what I'm but I about. <laughs> I mean, I was truly, I was truly taken back to like. I remember we went on a family vacation, and I insisted on like bringing a picture of Leonardo DiCaprio <laughs> with me in the suitcase because I was like, I can't be away from him. Like, I, <laughs> I need, I need to like check back in and gaze into his eyes. <laughs> oh Aaliyah, did you feel like ownership of Leo or of other like if another friend was like, I think he's cute, you're like. I, me first or whatever. I found him first or, or were you less competitive? No, deeply competitive. Okay. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I definitely felt like a sense of like possessiveness over like my feelings, not so much over the person, but like you can't feel as deeply as I do. So you can't even like begin with me with this, you know, Whoa. for sure. And I, and jealousy was like a big thing with me as a kid too. Like it's not, the, that's the funny thing about Scorpio and also being in whole sign house as a Scorpio in the 11th house too. like, um, some people like give advice about like when you're dating, like just imagine, like, don't be possessive, possessive, treat them like a friend. And I'm like, I treat, I'm possessive of all my friends. <laughs> like, it's like hard to like separate that stuff. I, ha- I have like those like intense feelings towards all of my loved ones. I have grown tremendously in this regard. I, I allow people to be who they are and I don't feel like I need to, own them or be like the only one that they love or anything but that was like a huge thing for me as a kid and in high school too you know I forgot about competitive crushes like when (laughs) like especially when you're like especially when you're like getting assigned who of like the boy band or you know like when you're when you all as a group of like friends agree like okay we are all in love with 98 degrees right now (laughs) and then you get like Justin, like the oldest, baldest, you know, like, and then you're like, and then you have to like. You said Justin. You said Justin. And I just immediately went Timberlake, but then I forgot you said I'm 98 like, degrees. Yeah, I, I know. Yeah, <laughs> like that's a deep. Cut. I'm going off brand. I'm going off brand. Um, but also had to bring. Uh, I think 98 degrees is fresh in my brain because 
we'll get to the section later when we marry fucking kill but you do share a big three with nick lachey spoiler alert oh wow so i just him wanted info do i have the same birthday wait what Vanessa and nick have the same birthday they do. his new wife yeah different vanessa year lachey. But, wow. vanessa wow. and nick lachey same exact birthday wait ali have you dated right. another scorpio I had uh, an intense uh, hookup ship with a, a Scorpio, um, a Scorpio man, and it was, God, he already knows, it's fine. Uh, <laughs> it, it was like one of the best fucking sexual relationships, I, the best I've ever had, I'll just say it, sorry. All right. Um, and I, and it was full of contention, and we were always in power struggles with each other it was yeah. like stereotypical scorpio relationship stuff to a t oh my god That's interesting to a, t. to a t i think there's something too about the like competitive crushes or even the like possessiveness that there just is like a a thoroughness and an authenticity with scorpio that doesn't get talked about that's like no i just want to make sure that like I can tell if you don't really like like this person. Like I yes. care about yep. DiCaprio. Yep. I've read every interview. I know all of these things, and I know like I know him deeply, and I love him for all of these things. Not just like right. oh, he's cute, and it's also well, like a protective thing. I feel like too, where it's like don't I don't want yeah the twelfth yeah, house that is too totally accurate yeah. The 12th house too is all like film television, anything through a screen, what we're doing right now. Like it's, you're so used to viewing the world through the ether that you feel like you are able to connect through that medium, which makes sense, you know? Also, I yeah, never thought about it being like, like a competitive crush or like these scorpionic things, Plutonian things of like, here's why like I'm the best for this job, essentially, and, like, saying why you're the most qualified mm-hmm. to, like, be mm-hmm. someone's, even if it's, like, be someone's lover, which is, like, I think that goes in, like, well, there's no, there's just some, like, relationships that don't make any sense and don't make sense on paper and don't, like, equal, like, this amount of work doesn't equal this, but it's funny, I don't know, I think also maybe it's just having, I think those can be, like, like, touristy, competitive-y, earth-signy things, too, of just, like, I've worked for this, so, like, move out of my way, (laughs) bitch. Yeah, totally. (laughs) Um, And there's all, like, because of the Uranian influence of, like, my Scorpio 11th house placement in whole sign houses, Mm -hmm. there's also, like, this sense of, like, it has to be unique, too. It has to be. So, speaking of, like, a crush, like, I would would often choose, besides a very obvious example, but... I would often have a crush on like an obscure kind of person um, that like no one else to be into at all. So I, I appreciate the Nicholas, the 98 degrees reference because I feel like that could potentially fit within <laughs> that category. <laughs> but also it like manifested in a lot of funny ways too when I was like in high school. Like I was really into Tool. When I like loved the band Tool when I was in high school and I like loved the guitar player. Just like this like big crush I had on like Adam Jones of Tool like that and that was like something that I knew no one else was going to compete with me <laughs> like that one was all me you know <laughs> it's strategic a strategic well, cr- a crush there's something yeah. I feel like there's some kind of it's funny because you also talked about it towards the beginning of this kind of push pull between safety and adventure and freedom and all of that too and I also have which I see you have the Saturn Uranus conjunction too not not exact uh but yeah. pretty close to which i think is 
already just not even talking about the rest of your placement is already this kind of like weirdness but with structure to it also or like i i always feel like it's like you have to um like it's like very not poser energy where it's like, I want to know, like you, I need to know that you like have put in your time. Uh, if you like a weird thing, you have to like earn it. You have to study it. You have to, there's like rules around that kind of like freak shit as opposed to being like, Oh, I'm a fucking free spirit weirdo. It's like, no, I've studied. <laughs> I studied to be a free spirit weirdo. And I know about all of the history of free spirit weirdos and whatever. So I, I, you have a good, uh, like bullshit radar when you can yeah. tell someone hasn't like followed the rules of truly being a weirdo. <laughs> totally. The, the bullshit radar is amazing. And one of my favorite gifts, but it's also like, it's a double edged sword too. Cause like it makes it challenging to like, fully enjoy things that in popular culture things that like and get to things that other people can so sometimes it can feel very there's a lot of like um solitude in my chart as well I'll put, I'll put it that way so there's always like this sense of like not quite being um i don't know like not quite being within like a group and always having this sense of like oh like how do I just like get over myself? Like, how do I just get over myself <laughs> to a certain extent? Like, and just like go with the flow like a little bit more. Well, it's hard to like engage if you're someone who wants to engage really deeply. Not everybody wants to engage really deeply and that's mm. painful a lot of times so i think it's it's understanding again which you which you bring up so much in in the descriptions of your work um of these understandings of like oh okay well it's different like not everybody's going to want to go there but that doesn't mean that my deepness is a problem or something to be ashamed of or run from it just means i can't go there you might not be a person that i could go deep with and that's that's okay that's your journey uh but i like to go deep so we probably aren't going to be people that are gonna you know get along very well or like have a have a uh that's not someone that's gonna yeah that's not someone who's gonna be in my inner circle you're definitely like an outer circle person (laughs) uh but but that's okay you need outer circle people too yeah, exactly. Yeah, you got it. I feel so seen. Wow. Oh, well, I was, I've like, we've talked about. Do you get that a lot in this podcast? Just like. Oh, once in a while. <laughs> yeah, we, we might have heard it a, a time or two. Yeah. You, you and I have very similar charts. That's I'm the 24th of, of November. And so all of our like outer stuff is yeah. the same pretty much. Um, I have a ton of Scorpio in my chart, uh, and so I also feel very like all all of it. I feel I feel very seen <laughs> and talking to you and looking at your chart as well. So I'm like, okay, that's yeah. Well, I'm I because I know we've talked about you know astro stuff just hanging out, Aaliyah, but like it's fun. Like I guess I've never like really looked at and had the visual and like I I don't know, being a visual person like there's just so much that you get I think just from like chart shapes and just like really just taking it in and like almost like a like looking out your window but taking a few steps back and just being like let me just look at this and seeing these like anchoring placements of your moon and jupiter um amongst all this stuff up at the top like out there and like who am i and who are you and what is this but then rooted in like those emotional and jupiter things of like that's the more I guess those things are more like a little more innate, a little more carefree, but they're anchored down in these, uh, in these like fourth, fifthy houses and whole sign that are about like 
those kind of early creation things, those subconscious things. So I'm always, it's, it's, it really gives me a picture of like you because I like, there's something that you, that's like what charts are so cool to like really like, rather like in conversation where like I'm a Scorpio this or that and you hear it. But when you see it, I'm like, oh, I see you. Like there's like, I love seeing this like rooted element of Jupiter and your moon just like down here. It's just like, it's, I thought it was, a, I just was taken aback by the, the look and layout of your, of your chart. <laughs> Yeah, it's a, it is kind of a striking chart a little bit. Just, I mean, there's some charts that are striking because there are things like all over the place, but like mine is so concentrated in like the upper left quadrant and mm-hmm. then there's like some powerful sprinklings like in the <laughs> lower right quadrant. Yeah, and they're <laughs> like, and being these opposite quadrants too, like, like it's, it's, I don't know, it just makes these like cool shapes that like just catch your eye too. And also now like I forgot that you have like a Libra Mercury too. Like hearing now like your descriptions of yourself and your work and even like your meditation, I was like I don't, I just think of you as such a scorp cap kind of like blunt person, but you can be like so like poetic and f- not flowery because I don't mean it in like a making up words. Like it's I feel like realness when you do flowery words. You know some people like fill flowery words and you can tell they're just filling space with something that sounds good. I feel like since you have that authenticity of Scorp Taurus cap, like I'm not going to be caught with my fucking pants down energy. There is like intent, like actual true authentic authenticity and intention. And like that, those words that are more maybe flowering, poetic, more that Libra Sag energy. That's kind of like wandering and spiritual. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. yeah. Before we talk a little bit about the tarot and astrology, cause I want to get to that. I one question I feel like I get asked a lot and maybe you can shed some light on is um, having your moon sign and your sun sign and polarities, which you do. Uh, They're not directly in opposition, it looks like, but um, how do you feel that plays out in your day-to-day life? (laughs) Well, it looks like me, like, laying in bed (laughs) snacking and watching something while also in the background I'm, like, doing, like, spirit work. (laughs) It's like, (laughs) for the most part, you know, like, like, I'm, like, analyzing all my emotions while I'm, like, thinking about pizza at the same time. (laughs) That sounds pretty tight. I I find, yeah, it's cool, like, but sometimes I get frustrated in my Taurus moon because I'll be like, if I, if I only, like, wasn't so, you know, committed to comfort, then I would be doing this and this and this stuff. But then other times I'm like, oh, thank God I can just, like, really enjoy this, like, fucking peach right now or something, you know? And, like, <laughs> thankfully I can just, like, enjoy, like, sitting. There's, like, a place for, like, comfort in, in my chart that's, like, really valuable. And it's a nice, it can be, like, Taurus has its own intensities, of course, too. But it, it's a nice break from all of the, like, I've got to be serious energy. Um, and yeah, and like it, it makes it also feel like it amplifies all the like other emotional energy in my chart too, because I'm practically a full moon um, baby too. Ooh. Um, so I'm just very, I'm very aware. <laughs> I'm very aware of my feelings all the time, and my feelings, and I have a lot of feelings about food. So <laughs> <laughs> I forget. Oh, like- I, I forget that like Taurus, and maybe it's just because I have all this other like fire and air energy like I forget like what that was a nice reminder of like Taurus being about like can really channel the stillness like um I think Taurus gets just marked with that like lounging lazy which is great and like I like lean into that but like then the also that goes with that's its own form of like meditation of just like 
not really being like, you know what, I'm doing this right now and it makes me feel good. So that's cool. I'm just going to keep going with like what is actually like sparking joy inside of myself right now rather than worrying about like what somebody else is doing. And it helps me with like a connection to nature too as mm. well because I can I'm, I have like some like mobility issues so I'm not the kind of person that's going to be like doing like the toughest hike or anything like that but I can like seriously stay in one place and just like stare at an ant or stare at a flower <laughs> for like ever and like have like a very enriching kind of like experience and just being present and grounded with the earth too you know it's really cool. Oh yeah. Wait, do you do earthing, Aaliyah? I think Julia turned me on to earthing, like making sure that your bare feet touch like grass every so. I, I, I need to do that for sure. I should do that more <laughs> often. I'm so prissy when my feet touch touches the, the earth. I'm like, oh, there's rocks. Oh. <laughs> uh, tell us a little bit about your work with tarot. And um, I mean, if you want to talk about what you what got you into it or what you like about it, how you mix the how two. How you use it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I was always like, like astrology made sense to me as, as I grew up, but tarot was something that seemed weird to me. Um, I didn't understand the language of it. I didn't understand the illustrations. I didn't like the aesthetic of the tarot cards. <laughs> so I like, I just like was not, into tarot I've gotten like a couple readings from friends and I was like this doesn't resonate I'm not into this um but I a friend of mine introduced me to the Instagram page of Lindsay Mack Wild Soul Wild Soul Healing and that was the first time I this was like in I don't remember what year it was it was Grace it was like 2014 2015 something Mm -hmm. like that um and that was the first time I'd the language of spirit in that way that was like so accessible and like the uh, Lindsay as y'all know have like this has this way of like creating um this beautiful imagery within the imagery of the cards um Mm. so that and then I also had a friend that gave me a reading with the Aquarian tarot deck as well and that was like I really liked the aesthetic of that particular deck it's like art deco mm-hmm. kind of style, um, kind of like cold looking, <laughs> which and that is like flowery as like other tarot decks are. So I, I liked that. Um, and I had like, I've like had a lot of experience with like addiction and mental health um, challenges. And even through some of like the worst of my phases of addiction that have gone pretty deep with like alcohol and drugs, um, I was still always like trying to figure out how I'd gotten to that place, even though I, even if I didn't feel like I could make a change or a shift just yet. So I had just like recently gotten out of a particularly challenging bout with addiction and I happened to, and it was just the timing was just right for me to find tarot. I like started a new job. I bought my first deck in 2015, like, a couple weeks after I'd started like uh, a new job where I got in like a great new position. Um, and it all felt very momentous. It all felt like it made sense. And I, I had never, I had never encountered an art form like that where I just knew it just like felt right. Which is funny. Like after all those years of me being like, Tarot's weird. It doesn't resonate. <laughs> and then suddenly it just boom, just clicked. And I just, like, went all fucking in. Um, and I've been all in ever since then, you know? Like, 
I have not done it half-assed at all. <laughs> that's awesome. I think that's a really good message, too, if you're listening, because I know, I mean, even, like, certain placements, I think we sometimes am like, I'm not like that. I don't have that. I think it's, like, important to, yeah, let yourself, like, not like it for now, but revisit it because something might stick out to you later the way someone else presents it or reading it on a different website or just a different day when you're not feeling a certain way, you know, it can really hit you and you, you could find a new passion, you know. That's so interesting too. I love the idea of it just not, not exactly being, but also like, I just don't like the aesthetic because I also just, <laughs> I totally relate to that too, because I, astrology has always been, has always made sense to me and, and, and very much fit. But I also feel like I came to tarot later, but it was like, I, it, the imagery, it's not particularly, I love the Aquarian tarot and I remember like seeing oh there's like different kinds of cards right. be like oh that's cool like so yeah. sometimes I think it is a little bit of a, a a branding thing for people where it's like maybe you're just not ready it's not in a package that you like yet and you'll find I, a package. Exactly. if it's meant to come to you it will mm-hmm. I like yeah. the crudeness of it I like I don't what I don't like is the representation in it unfortunately yeah. it's a lot of like binary and very like white people and and no one with disabilities and stuff like that, which I don't like. But I do like the crudeness, which makes me feel like it's old. I don't yeah. know why, for some reason, when I look at that, I'm like, oh, yeah, these are, like, our versions of, like, uh, something drawn on the side of a cave or something, like, old, like, <laughs> They magic. are. They literally are. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, exactly. And thankfully, there are tarot decks now that are. There are more and more decks coming out. There are inclusive. Excuse me. More yeah. inclusive. and. Yeah have so much greater representation thankfully that's like the great one of the many great results of magic and spirituality and witchcraft being so big right now like everyone's making a tarot deck which is awesome i love it well and even asking the questions i feel like that thing of of uh being like, oh, this is this is still use not throwing the baby out with the bath bathwater of being like this is a, a a tool that can be used by everybody but also acknowledging that the imagery hasn't been welcoming to everyone too and you can understand why people have been uh adverse to these things because of course it's not if you don't see yourself represented in this why would you and and that's not the language that's been that's been used that hasn't been as inviting as it has been now uh it totally makes sense that people would be like oh i'm what's what's in that for me that's some uh bullshit white woo woo shit uh also the color yeah. the colors of like you know say i and i don't know the like the language of it but like you're when you think of like traditional tarot card like whatever that main deck is like the main imagery like you google image the fool all that like stark red yellow blue it is like a little eyesore like i'm not gonna like it's oh, a, yeah. it's a little like let's <laughs> i think i'm showing the like wheel it. of fortune card yes. of the rider way deck like it's cool, but there's, like, a lot of things going on. Yeah. <laughs> there's, like, a lot going on. It's I think that's aesthetic. why I like it. It's, like, harsh. It feels like something <laughs> that hasn't been... It does feel like something that hasn't been updated. Mm. And so it's, like, interesting to view it from that lens. I mean, Stevie got me, like, a really cool tarot book one year for my birthday. It's, like, about each color and what it represents in each card. It's, like, a coloring book, but it has, like, a lot of information as well. I got so. this deck that I'm, like, obsessed with, and... 
It's uh, the Salvador Dali painted deck, which each card is oh. one of his designs. And we share a big three. So, like, once I found out we shared a big three, I was like, oh, like, that's cool. And then getting this and, like, I don't know. I just – I have this other really beautiful deck that a friend gives to me. And it comes in this beautiful leather pouch. And it's, it's like, it's aesthetically pleasing and perfect. But I never connected to it. Do you know what I mean? Like, they're just, like, we, like, we fucked around. We had a good time. But we just never really, like – it didn't inspire me to want to pull cards on a daily or to like, I don't know, spend more time with it. And I think just there is something when you find that, that deck or it finds you or, or if the timing just not then aligns in that place where you're like, Oh, I'm ready to kind of like go in here. I was like deep into pendulum stuff for like a long time. And I've just started picking up my pendulum again. And I was like, I needed a break from you. I, I like played with you a lot. You were fun. You were a great intro. And I think I just, I needed to go somewhere. I need to try a few new dishes and I'm glad you're still here. You know, I didn't like, I'm, it's not like, oh, it's not my thing anymore. So I like, I think that's really cool to even just, I think changing your mind is a tough uh, thing for a lot of people, regardless of your sign to like grasp. We're not like encouraged to change our mind or be like, you know, I didn't like that. And now I do. Who cares? Like, that's like, that is what I'm doing. I think that happens mm-hmm. with the cards themselves too, you know? I mean, like even, you know, three months ago, I was all, I have temperance like right on my wall. It's like my favorite card. I'm like thinking about bartending, water, fun, balance, you know, all this kind of stuff. And then now when I see it, it like makes me sad because mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, I don't want to think about three months ago when I was so happy and out mm-hmm. in the world, you know, it's just different. I think we also put kind of like, more I'll use the like the term Christian or like religious things on astrology and tarot and that and then and to that end we we prescribe this need for it to be like there is a right way there's a wrong way Yeah. yeah that there's a thing like tarot means you use this deck all the time because in in religion there's like one book and that and we aren't uh incorrectly people say like think of using spirituality as a replacement for religion as opposed to a supplement or a thing that's not even having to do with that or just kind of changing the rules and it's like yeah you can use a different you don't use the same screwdriver for all screws if it doesn't (laughs) have that thing like you change your tool because of what the situation calls for so why can't we apply that to to spirituality and i think that that's what we do with with astrology with tarot with uh whatever it else whatever other things you have in your arsenal but i think people sometimes even judgmental on ourselves because of the like judeo-christian values that have been instilled uh like systemically we kind of are like oh well this isn't am i turning is tarot gonna be mad at me if i'm using my pendulum you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Will I be punished for not using the right tool or whatever? Does this mean I've turned my back on tarot? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's one of the most challenging. Like, I, I taught a tarot, a weekly tarot class in Chicago for six, seven months. Um, and so every week I was in the classroom with people teaching them the cards. And I think one of the most challenging things, and, and this, is, this is something I've seen even outside of tarot class, but one of the things that I see a lot that people struggle with a lot in spirituality is like this idea of like good and bad, right and wrong. Mm. Um, and really feeling like, and their experience of the cards, even like, uh, like as if they're being admonished by spirit, as if they're being punished, as, as if they're being told they're wrong or bad. Um, and that's just like not 
how it works on the soul level on spirit like we're all here to explore we're all here to learn and spirit is not also interested in telling you what you're supposed to be doing spirit is interested in giving you invitations opportunities and um, instances in which you can fully like embody your power and express yourself in a way that is authentic and spirit also is like about telling us it shows us too it's not about like seeking external stuff like any experiences that we have with spirit is a reflection of us like we are all one we are we all come from source um and also like one of my my favorite no surprise here my favorite tarot card in in the deck is judgment which is ruled by pluto Mm -hmm. and that card is all about we are all one we are all here we it's all of us or none of us we are all present for this grand transformation and um, any kind of like hate or resentment you have against the other is how the divine gets us and that happens within as well. And so the lesson of a card like judgment, which has like a very Judeo-Christian kind of like imagery in the right or way, at least like that is a really challenging concept to wrap your head around and it's still something that i have to practice every day to remember like oh yeah i'm not being told i'm bad just get, get getting a friendly suggestion for spirit like it's okay you know <laughs> uh Aaliyah, now like just like looking again at your chart too like i love that neptune um you know while it's not like right on your ascendant that it's hanging out nearby and i just love this neptune kind of in this Capricorn realm of like the ether and the other and the art and the wonder being near this Capricorny house and just being like, well, I'm going to try to like understand and relate to people and give it in. I think, I think Capricorns are great from breaking it down. You have like in like, Hey, I'm going to break this down in like the simplest of terms and in a way that makes you get whatever job let's pretend it's a job because Capricorn likes a job, like whatever job that you feel like you want to do for yourself or for others and channel it that like that wonder mystical fog, but like breaking it down. I don't, I just was noticing and while you were talking, I was just like staring at this place. And I was like, ah, yeah, I like this here in, 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 in tangent with this of um, breaking through that fog with like that sea goat energy. <laughs> yeah. It's very, um, it's very mystical. And I feel like the, and it doesn't really get as much attention for that. It doesn't get as much of attention for it's like curiosity to, and I think Neptune, you know, Neptune has a challenging time in Capricorn for sure, because I always feel like this push and pull between like forgetting that I have a body and then being like, oh shit, work, body. I have to like pay attention to all this stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's, um, it, it, it lends like a real kind of like sweetness to the Capricorn rising that I appreciate. Mm. And it brings like, it helps a little bit with the control stuff too. Cute. I love that. Um, well, if you guys, I don't know if you guys have any more views, like, but have, I have, I, I feel no, like, like do you have them up? Let's play. I, I want to play. Okay. Uh, so I, so we're going to play a little game. You might know it. You might love it. You might fuck with it. Mary fuck kill special edition. You're Classic. the combos of Scorpio sun and Taurus moon. Uh, cap rising were so good. We have three rounds because I had to do wow. double. I had to do double for the Scorpio sun Taurus moon. We have a hot round and then we have a like, uh, well, you'll see round. Um, so, <laughs> so we'll start with the That's hot. That's terrifying. We'll start with the hot round. So this is um, celebs who share the placement of Scorpio sun Taurus moon with Yulia. We're going to marry fuck kill. Hot round number one. We're going to start with friend of the pod, Demi Moore. 
Uh, <laughs> All right. Sam Rockwell. Okay. And Lisa Bonet. Oh, shit. I know. <laughs> it's a hot round. Well, Wait, I, which one's... Sorry, I have to look up Sam Rockwell real quick. I married him because I've seen, met him, so... Oh, we go. what? When did you meet Sam Rockwell? I think we've talked about this before. I, I met him at Tony's Darts Away. I probably shouldn't say that. You have, no, you've just mentioned yeah. it, but I, I, yeah, yeah. Okay, I forgot about that. Oh god, yeah. Sam Rockwell uh, was in um not like the best role, but Three Billboards Outside of Whatever Missouri was like his most latest known role. But he was also in Jojo Rabbit. He's in like a lot of stuff. Yeah, I, I recognize him now. Okay, okay, okay. Some people uh, find okay. him very hot. In his own Is someone way. ready? Because I, I oof. go girl. I'm ready. All right, ready. Aaliyah. Guess first. Okay, so Sam Rockwell has to die. Um, <laughs> <laughs> because he plays, like, douchebags, like, too well. He's, like, annoying to watch in movies, too. Um, <laughs> definitely fuck Demi Moore. Um, I remember being in the 90s and when, like, striptease came out. And I'm being like, oh, <laughs> like, oh, what's this about? Uh, so there's that. Uh, and then... Mary Lisa Bonet. I mean, I need, uh, I need my spiritual woo woo ride or die. So, mm. <sighs> all right, this is tough. It's a lot of pressure for me. I've already committed to Sam. <laughs> okay, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, oh God, it's hard. I'm gonna fuck Sam Rockwell, um, because. I do, I do love his work. I do think he's great. Um, but I'm marrying Lisa Bonet. Uh, obviously, sorry. I mean, we can be in a throuple with Jason Momoa too because that just seems uh, fun. But I do, I, yeah. I'm marrying Lisa, and so unfortunately, I am gonna kill Demi Moore. Um, I yeah. feel like we maybe have reached a, a ceiling on her contributions. Uh, uh, Sam Rockwell still has so much work to do. <laughs> there are so many douchebags left to play for him. So. Right. Okay, here's mine. I'm going to marry Sam Rockwell. And unfortunately, I do have to kill Lisa Bonet <gasps> because wow. I have a real problem with other people named Lisa. I have like a real issue. <laughs> If she at one point changed her name to Lilikoi Moon, (laughs) going by this, would you would you fuck or marry Lilikoi Moon? I would consider Lilikoi Moon, um, (laughs) but I'll probably kill Lisa Bonet and and fuck Demi Moore. Okay, this is real tough. I knew when I was crafting this wicked game, I knew this was going to be a real controversial round, Um, and it probably is one of the toughest rounds we've ever played. I'm not going to lie. I think I'm going to have to. Mary, Lisa, um, I just want to hang, I think aesthetically, again, going just off of like vibe, I think we'll just have a great farmer's market time. Like, I just want to, I just want to hang out like long haul. Um, I'll probably fuck Sam just cause I'm curious. And I, by default would kill Demi, even though I'm reading her autobiography right now and it is uh, very saucy and spicy. But I, if I had the option, I would just, I would fuck them all. Um, together. Yeah, look, I would I would fuck all of them. I'd marry all of them, and you know, if I needed to, I'd kill them all. Lisa would be the hardest um, b- 
because I have I have met her, and once you meet someone, it's harder to you know fucking. <laughs> Where'd you meet Lisa Bonet? I, I can't, don't, don't, oh, I don't want to. All right, all right. To, uh, what if it's like a weird. House of intuition. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, that's, I was thinking in my head. I was like, I can't believe I haven't brought up my childhood friendship with Zoe Kravitz. Wait. In this scenario. Wait. But we went to elementary school together. I know I like met. Yeah. Yeah, let's. This is a separate wow. podcast. Uh, I didn't want to fucking bring it yeah. up. But now I feel. I also don't want people to think I met Lisa Bonet in like a weird, sketchy scenario. <laughs> Dude, we need to. This is. This will be a Patreon. We'll. We'll talk. We, we'll we'll go talk into about it. it. Okay. Now this is round two. The the psychotic round. Uh, this is Joe Biden, uh, Kathy Griffin, and Tanya Harding. <laughs> What? Oh, I like this sound. Wait, what? I, I like all these people. Oh, I mean, wait, 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 wait. And the, this is the fucking. And this is still big three. This, no, no, this is Scorp. These. So the last round was Scorpio Sun Taurus Moon. This is also another round of uh, Scorpio Sun Taurus Moons. Just okay. a heads up. Got it. Okay. So say them again, please. Okay, it's Joe Biden, Kathy Griffin, and Tanya Harding. <sighs> okay. Wow. <laughs> hmm. I love all these people. I don't see the problem. <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna say the opposite. I was like, "Can I just kill?" Them? I'm just kidding. Uh, okay, Alia, are you locked and loaded? Oh, sorry. <laughs> Hold on. No, yeah. You can take the time. Hmm. This is hard. this. I. Hmm. Okay, I I'm ready. What do you got? Okay, I'm gonna marry Tanya Harding. Wow. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Oh yeah. You know what? I'm gonna be honest. I didn't know that I was gonna say that until I said it. (laughs) (laughs) That was a Sagittarius quote. Put on a T-shirt. I didn't know Um, I was gonna say that until I said it. Say it until I fucking said it. That's. I feel like I'm getting very. that could be on my t-shirt for the whole end of this podcast. Okay. I'm going to marry <laughs> Tanya Harding. Um, I just feel like she needs it. Uh, I like <laughs> she's misunderstood and she needs a good, a good uh, partner, a good, uh, a good, a good real one to, <laughs> to ride out with her. Wow. Um, so I'm going to, I guess I'm fucking Kathy Griffin okay. and killing Joe Biden. Okay. Got to use the Lisa rule, the only man. Um, yeah. Yeah. That's usually who goes. Yeah. And Kathy Griffin, I, yeah, I would want to fuck. I would not want to marry. Yeah. A, that's a tough one I'm having right now. I, I don't particularly want to fuck her either, but I also feel like she needs to get fucked. Mm. If that makes sense too. Yeah. Okay. I think I've got mine. And it, after it. hearing these thoughts, help me really influence where I think I'm going to, uh, Mary Kathy, I know. I think she's probably. I've seen nice house pictures of her on Insta, so I think I think she's busy too. Like for the most, like post quarantine marriage, you know. Like I don't want to be in the house with her, but like I think she gets busy. Wow. Yeah, it's good. Um, I'm gonna fuck Joe. I don't know what else. Am I, he'll like probably die immediately after from the fucking. So it will <laughs> it will just be like a double whammy. And I think I'm just gonna kill Tanya. You know, I think she. 
I don't know. I like to, I, I'm intrigued with the Harding controversy, but I don't really want to like fuck or marry. And I guess that's what it comes down to with Tanya. I just, I want to know all the inside. I mean, that, that, the skating scandal was such a huge part of my childhood. Um, <laughs> I, I gotta talk to her. All right. I think I'm the same as Stevie. I actually want to fuck Joe Biden. I don't know why. <laughs> um, but I do also think that because his family died, I feel like very like I have to have sex with him. I don't know why. Um, wow. And then um, I just, Tanya Harding just has to go. Kathy Griffin, maybe she can help me out in comedy. Also, like she's made me laugh a fair few times. I feel, yeah, probably the deepest connection with her. Oh, all right. Okay. I'm going to I'm going to marry Kathy Griffin. Nice. Um, yeah, for like the same reason Stevie was saying, like yeah, post quarantine, like set some boundaries, like <laughs> that'll be fine. <laughs> um, I am going to fuck Tanya Harding because I don't know. It yeah. seems like she'd be. It, I don't know if I had to choose of the three to be the one that he's the most adventurous or during. So like, I think she's the best lay out of other life choices. Sure. Yeah, probably. Yeah, and I would kill Joe Biden. You know. Yeah, for <laughs> obvious <laughs> reasons. You know. <laughs> yes. Here's how. Here's how Bernie can win. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think we here's all. I can still win. <laughs> it's all. It's all. Oh. I didn't vote for him, just to be yeah. clear. <laughs> I feel like I didn't vote for him. I just want to fuck him. <laughs> yeah. Also, I can't wait, like, one day, say, like, in, like, eight years from now, when there's some, like, TMZ of astrology and tarot, like, they're going to be like, here's a clip from an episode yeah. where... They said (laughs) (laughs) these witches are going to kill Joe Biden. Um, some other some other Scorpio centaurs moons are E forty Prince Charles, Adam Driver, who I was debating putting in the hot category, and Steve Van Zandt, um, Sopranos slash Bruce Springsteen legend. Um, now we got one last round just to get the Scorpio sun cap risings in. A very fun round. Also, we have Tony Collette, who I think is a Scorpio Wonder Woman. Larry King and Tara Reed. Oh, oh shit. I think this one's easy. Yeah. Well, I mean, let's go. Oh, you kill Tara Reed. And what? then, yeah, 100%, no problem. Uh, and then uh, fuck Larry King and you marry Tony Collette. <laughs> I think, I think she's right. I think I'm flipping some I'm flipping okay I'm marrying Tony because perfect life yeah you can't wait um I'm fucking Tara honestly I think Tara was done dirty by the paparazzi era of her time and I think she deserves like a good finger bang like the rest of us and, <laughs> and also I don't know her her e-show Teradice was great I just kind of want to catch up fuck <laughs> lay in bed and talk about like the early aughts Lindsay Lohan all that kind of stuff and I don't know. I think she's like a sweet lady in her in her core. And then Larry King, you know, he doesn't. I don't know. I'm gonna kill him. I don't know. It, it's yeah, fine. He's he'd be probably Tara. fine with that option. If I told him like, hey, this is it's between you, Tony, and Tara, he'd probably go. That's totally fine. I Tara Reed. Tara Reed <laughs> spun two cigarettes from my friend and then turned her back to her and smoked them. So, I see. I love that. I, I don't mind her dying. 
she smoked both cigarettes at the same time no she oh, she kept one oh. then like <laughs> but that's like rude like just you fair. walk away fair yeah yeah um i'm gonna do i'm gonna follow stevie's yes. uh, same thing um mary tony kill larry fuck tara I don't have like super strong feelings about any of those three. I remember in high school, whenever Tara Reid was popular, I had strong feelings about her then because I was like, she's not authentic enough. Da, 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 like da, all this shit. But now I'm just like, hey, Big Lebowski's great. Like she has a great role in that movie. Like True. she she knows she knows her roles. Like she's totally great. Mm. <laughs> Josie and the Pussycats. She does reference being a Scorpio in that movie, which was pretty hot as well. Oh, God, yes. I forgot she's in Josie yeah. and the Pussycats. I think oh, I do. Yeah. I think she had. I mean, I'm sure marrying Tony, obviously. Uh, yeah, I mean, Tony's great. Tony's the star. That's Spiral. Um, some other. Wait, did you mm-hmm. full? Res- did everyone go? Am I like? Yes. Um, yes. So other some other su- Scorpio sun cap risings are Lord. Meg Ryan, Lamar Odom, Billie Jean King, Roberto Bonini, and Dill McDermott. He could have been in the hot round. Um, and Jane Ooh. Mansfield. And then you do share one more big three besides Nick Lachey with another pot boy boy is Kevin Jonas, which I don't know where he ranks oh, in terms cool. of Jonas hmm. bros. I'm not really familiar, but... He- Sorry, he is the... I don't know which one that one is. He yeah. is the least Joe bro bro. Oh, okay. That's uh-huh. what I figured. But... Only it depends on what the rubric is because he like <laughs> he he wifed up quick and whatever like he yeah he's he's the more like domestic but probably is like behind the scenes making money mm. in a lot of ways so okay. he just didn't have the you know the shine he's the oldest uh, you know he probably like you know we wouldn't his brother is a uh, sasa. From Game of Thrones. That's Joe. Oh, Joe. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> but I I will say very strongly that we would not have Nick and Joe without Kevin. You know, you cannot overstate the value of the older brother. Mm. You know, bringing them into the fa- You know, the, the kids don't start the the band. You know, or it's right. like you, you're not allowed to have a band unless your older brother's there and doing. All- he lends legitimacy. So he's I, like I, the I, Isaac Hansen of the Hansen brothers. Yeah, I don't want to. I don't want to bad. Ma- I don't want to bad mouth the Jonas. Um. <laughs> <laughs> Too late, bitch. <laughs> Sorry, I will say. I yeah, but I mean, everybody. He knows. He knows. That's the thing about. Yeah. It. That's why I feel like I can say it because Kevin knows he's the the least. Joe, bro. One. Mm. So there's your his, there's your lesson for the day, kids. Uh, <laughs> yeah, he is that. the least Joe Joe, bro. Thank you, Aaliyah. Thank you yeah, so thank much you. for doing this. Um, where can people where where can people find you? Where can people work with you? Um, do you have anything? I mean, besides your your travels and Instagram and all of that, do you have anything coming up that you wanna that you wanna plug? Yeah, I just recently released uh, two things: um, an audio workshop um, called "Your Body Is a Gift: Self Care in Times of Crisis." It's an audio workshop, twenty two dollars. Uh, we help you like reflect be present with yourself uh, as we move through these challenging times. And as a companion to that, I also re-released a zine I wrote in 2018 called Your Body is a Gift, Practical Pathways to Understanding Your Routine Magic. That's available for $7 on my website too. And yeah, I'm available for tarot readings, nails art readings, and uh, pay what you can Reiki sessions right now. So that's what I got. Wonderful. And where, where can people book readings with you? You can go to 
All right, that's kind of broke up, but I'll put all the links. All the links will be in the show yes. notes and bio. We'll put some swipey uppies and all that kind of stuff. Thank you, technology. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> thank you, thank you, thank you, thank Thanks you so Leo. much. Um, we mentioned it too. We loved the the guided meditation that you did for us as well. So it was uh, so fantastic having you on to follow up and talk more and look at your chart. And uh, yeah, thank you. I hope hope that you are continuing to to thrive and uh do well out in in the tree <laughs> in the ditch thank you i appreciate that miss you really thank you miss yes you too. thank you good to see you well, well i'll see you again in the in the, in the digital too. realm in the 12th yes, house realm definitely. thank right. you so much Aaliyah. thank you guys so much for listening and we'll see you next week bye, bye. Thank you for listening to What's Your Sign. Please rate us five stars and subscribe on iTunes or whatever podcast platform you use. If you like what you heard, please support us on Patreon. You can also find us online on Instagram at What's Your Sign Podcast or on Twitter at What's YR Sign underscore pod. You can also like our fan page on Facebook and join our friendship group. Questions, comments, concerns, or to book a commission chart reading, you can email us at what's your sign podcast at gmail.com. Thank you so much for listening. What's your Bye. Sign? Bye. What's your sign, baby? What's your sign?